Hey there, Dungeon Master Philip here. Have you been following the art released and thought, could I too have a portrait or landscape as badass as the Etro teams? Who would I turn to? Well, look no further. Our very own Gleek can take care of you and all of your art demands. You can check him out on Instagram as gram.illustrations. That's right, gram, G-R-A-H-A-M, dot illustrations. Commissions start at $50, so feel free to message him directly or send him an email to gramillustrations at gmail.com. He'll handle anything like logos, album covers, character art, and much, much more. Just reach out and he'll take it from there. We hope to hear from you soon. Warning, the following podcast will contain explicit content, so if that's the kind of thing that upsets you, then I recommend leaving now. This is your one and only chance. Everything beyond this point is overgrown idiots playing with dice. Your discretion advised. We got everything set up. Fantastic. Oh, all right, everybody. Well, first off, I want to say thank you for coming to yet again another one of Etro After Hours, the little interview segments where we get to learn more about the player and the character behind the screen. So, today we got Dathira and also the little bandit raccoon. So, that's him. Oh, technically, you got to point down now. <laughs> no, you ruined it. Hey, I didn't mean it. That's <laughs> Beforehand, we were like left and right, so we were like pointing at each other. We were trying to get this one God. Oh man, oh man. Well, without further ado, we're gonna do it just like how we always run the interviews. First off, we're gonna start with one, the whole aesthetic and appearance to Dethero one more time for the audience, the best way you can. After that, we're gonna dive into equipment. And then, last but not least, we'll be diving into mechanics on what, how you're built, why you went that way, and beyond. So, starting with appearance, my friend. Hit it. Okay, uh, well, uh, Dathira is rather tall for a female in general, um, but not particularly tall for her race, which is the Eladrin. Um, She's, she stands roughly at six feet. Uh, she has kind of an auburn uh, hair tone, relatively curly, like not, not anything crazy, but it, there's definitely uh, some wildness to it. And she has uh, almost like burnt sienna isn't the right color, <laughs> but um, her, her skin is the... Uh, kind of like an orange, I guess. Uh, think think almost like, uh, you know, like an autumn color palette because she presents as an autumn Roger. Okay, uh, so when you're saying like orange, would you say like sunset almost? Not so much red. I would say more so... Maybe like a copperish in there? Yeah, I think copper is a better, better color. Um, and... Uh, she also has bright green eyes, uh, which never change as she goes through her seasons. Um, yeah, and uh, the clothes that she wears are handmade. Um, they are passed through her clan, because um, it's very rare that a new Eladrin is born. Okay. Now, you were talking about Eladrins. What in particular is an Eladrin, for anyone that doesn't exactly know the race? 
So an Eladrin is one of the uh, the elves that not only were born in the Feywilds, but also embraced the magic and the seasons of the Feywilds. So they are very plainly seasonal Fey. Okay. When you say like seasonal Fey, are you talking like appearance, uh, emotions, and thought processes? Uh, processes? Do they like coexist with the seasons, or? All of the above. <laughs> there you go. So there are there are some Eladrin that choose at one particular season, um, and there are others. There are other factions that um, willingly change as the seasons cycle through throughout the year. Okay. And so right now, as of this current moment where the campaign is at, uh, what would you say uh, Dethira is? Right now, she's in her autumn aspect. Okay. Do we plan to see any like change in that in the future? Um, there's a very high potential for change as um, the people in her particular clan uh, not only change with the seasons as they develop, but their emotions can also severely affect how they present. Um, so for example, like Autumn is like friendly and like warm and caring and all the other kind of stuff, whereas like say summer for example um very aggressive very hot-headed very stubborn um spring is like <laughs> spring is like bubbly and uh like super happy-go-lucky ready to party at any time so you're gonna be a valley girl yay <laughs> we just had this conversation <laughs> valley girl dithira coming out this spring that that will be interesting <laughs> for sure. <laughs> okay. Now, um, any kind of cosmetic change, like any any kind of specific traits, like maybe her eye color, skin color, hair. Does any of that go with the seasons or with her person? Oh, for sure. Um, so the only thing that doesn't ever change are her eyes. Um, but so we'll go we'll go with the next season in the cycles. You know, so right now she's in her autumn aspect. She has. Um, like, like dry, like autumn leaves and acorns that are growing out of her hair. Um, but once she moves into her winter aspect, um, her hair and skin tone become very pale, um, almost with like a, a silver um, tone to it, with um, blue tinge in her hair. And uh, there are actually icicles that almost grow out of her scalp. Oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, okay. Now, <clears throat> on topic of like aesthetic and appearance, uh, does Bandit change with you, perchance, or is he just normal raccoon? No. <laughs> normal <laughs> raccoon. <laughs> well, besides the talking factor. <laughs> that, that is definitely a, a recent development. Okay. Well, cool. Now, let's hop into your equipment. Let's touch base on what you got on you, what's your main go-to tools, any kind of like arcane focus or druidic focus that you might rely on heavy, uh, what you got? So she has, I would say she has three particular weapons that she chooses from. Um, she has her her staff, her quarter staff that she uses almost like as a walking stick and that um, is something that she picked up in, not the Feywilds, but in the material plane. Um, she also carries uh, a scythe on her hip, 
which she and her father would have made back in the Feywilds by hand. Um, and probably the biggest and most noticeable is the uh, giant moose antler that crosses her back. Uh, has all sorts of runes and, and charms and crystals and all that other all that other shit hanging off of it. Um, <laughs> and uh, whenever whenever she feels the need or feels it necessary, she'll go in and she'll she'll take some of the runes off. She'll add some new ones on. Um, put new designs on it. You know, it. If anything, that's probably the only thing that isn't a part of her that changes with her. Okay. Okay. Now, um, regarding that gear, that inventory, um, any significant uh, tales or feats on how you might have gotten this stuff, like that, uh, the moose antler, for example. Uh, what's the deal with that? Has she? Did, was that like a gift from her family? Did she earn that? Like, what, what went down? So, this harkens back to my actual audition for Edro. Um, the Thera had gone out to find out why the door to the Feywild was not no longer opening, and uh, along the way, this is this is also when she first initially met Bandit as well. Um, and at the time, he wasn't a talker, uh, so. It was a three-day journey, and she, you know, she and Bandit walked out. You know, she's very familiar with the woods, isn't isn't super uncomfortable, you know, being being out in nature. Um, however, as she, uh, you know, made her journey, she actually came across a moose, and her initial thought was, "That's gonna be my friend. Like, we're gonna be best friends." <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, she actually plays uh, an instrument. Um, and if I'm remembering correctly, which I'm probably not, so please excuse me because I haven't looked at this in a hot minute. I'm going to have to look at what she actually plays. <laughs> uh, it's a dulcimer. That's it. There you go. Um, but so she pulled out her dulcimer and uh, she played and sang to the moose to try to get it to like, uh, I don't know, I guess warm up to her. And at first it was, it was like, really like, nah, fuck this bitch, absolutely not. <laughs> um, but then it wasn't until, I'm trying to remember, it's been such a long time. So I believe Bandit was being, or he was being chased after by wolves. Um, this was like on day three of the journey. Um, and so Dithira obviously stepped right up, you know, pulled her scythe and, and did as much damage as she possibly could. Um, however, uh, Bandit got severely wounded uh, mm -hmm. to, the, to the point where he was on the brink of death. Probably, if, and if I remember correctly, because I think we talked about this afterwards, he only had one hit point left. <laughs> 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 and uh, so as she's trying to fight off these wolves, the moose that she's been not necessarily falling around but like they keep crossing paths comes barreling out of the woods tosses one wolf and the other jumps on it on the moose's back and bites real hard <clears throat> and so uh Dithira then got rid of that last wolf but obviously you know bandit's dying and she's three days away from literally any civilization Mm -hmm. So her first thought is, the Feywilds are right there. 
I can more than likely figure out how to get to the Feywilds without using the portal. So she hops on the back of the moose. The moose and her are booking it towards the portal um, where they finally come across uh, the portal. And um, if I remember correctly, it was a tree spirit uh, who they encountered. I don't remember her name. <laughs> I don't know if I ever actually got her name. You didn't. But, um, it, was, it was a dryad. So like a woman made of a tree. It was a dryad, yeah. And um, so the the whole purpose of this journey was to test Athira to make sure she was ready for the path that she was about to embark on um, in the coming months, years, what have you. And I can't remember if she asked her if there was anything she wanted, or no, no, that wasn't that wasn't it. Dathira didn't give a shit. Like she didn't care. She she said, uh, "Look, I, that's all well and good. You think I'm worthy of this, but he needs help." And she helped Bandit out to this dryad, um, and the dryad couldn't really like she she. It wasn't necessarily that she wasn't powerful enough to do anything, but she needed more power and that's when the moose stepped up and told the dryad obviously the theory wasn't a part, wasn't privy to this part of the conversation but um and the moose willingly gave its life in order to save bandit yeah it was almost like a transfer um, of natural energy like the, the moose offering its life like take what i have left within me and put it within this smaller being exactly and uh so obviously the moose withered away and Bandit got better. Um, and so as a tribute to what this moose had done for her and her friend, um, she now carries around his antler. There you go. Not bad. He's protected you once before and now he's gonna protect you forever. <laughs> I don't know, he did pretty well with that mimic. <laughs> yeah, he, he bopped that mimic pretty damn good. Oh man. <laughs> He been jammed and said, aww, and now Bandit's a dick. He's always been a dick, he just couldn't talk before. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well cool. Any other special, specially notable like um, features on her, like anything from uh, her aesthetic or gear, like anything in particular that she holds true to or uh, holds close to her heart? Bandit. <laughs> hey. I mean, I, He's a little shit, but he means a lot to her. I mean, I don't blame you. I am kind of uh, the fucking mm -hmm, Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll kill her. Now let's go into the mechanics. So we already know that you're a druid. So first things first, uh, I want to know personally, any particular spells you immediately hop straight into? Not only that, but what circle are you looking forward to for the future? What are you going to subclass into? And also, do you plan to multi-class, my friend? <laughs> um, so... Oh, that was, that was like a five-part question. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Um, I'm slinging them at you. So, as, as Philip already knows, because I, I play in a lot of his playtests and a lot of his campaigns, I, I'm a diehard druid player. <laughs> 
every time. I mean, I've seen her, I've seen her play. Hey, I think I have a rogue in there somewhere. Yeah, you have a rogue in like a pirate campaign, but beyond that, I... <laughs> but, uh, so, words are in here and they're not coming up here. <laughs> The, uh, so she's she's a druid, obviously. Um, my, and it's it's hard to say that I have a go-to spell or a go-to setup for a druid. It really all depends on um, what I want their backstory to be, where they've come from, why they're why they're there, why why they're they're who they are. Um, and for Nathira, it felt really important to me that she be highly connected to the nature that's around her. Um, and be in tune with that kind of thing. So, um, the circle that she will be, uh, moving into, I think already has actually, um, is the Circle of the Seasons, which not only plays off of, like, obviously the seasons themselves, but her abilities change based on her physical season. Um, so she'll have a different cantrip depending on what season she's presenting as. Um, yeah. Okay. I think there was another question, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, the other question was, any plan for multi-classing? Multi-classing. Um, I've definitely thought about it. Um, but I also have a tendency when it comes to the characters that I play, um, there has to be a good reason for me to multi-class. Um, I have I have one character where um, she's baseline druid, <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she's a circle of the land Arctic druid, and um, she uh, died and was brought back to life by um, a goddess, and at that point it felt right for her to then multi-class into a, into cleric druid. Um, but so, for Dithira, we'll just have to see. Okay, I like that. <laughs> keep it, <laughs> keep your secrets then. <laughs> okay, okay. Now, just out of curiosity, what do you think is going to occur with Bandit in the future? Do you think there's going to be a chance for Bandit to potentially gain any kind of advantages or strength? Do you ever see the possibility of, like, let's say, like, an elemental raccoon, maybe getting him armor or weapons he can utilize? Because he's not exactly a stupid being. He's a dick, but yeah. he's incredibly He's a jerk, but he's smart, and that's part of his problem. So uh, what do you think? Do you see room for improvement for Bandit as well? Do you think he's going to grow with you? I could definitely see, I could definitely see Bandit actually picking up a class of his own. Um, not to sound super like generic or uh, cliche, but I could absolutely see him as a rogue, no doubt. <laughs> well, his, name's, um, his name's Bandit, so. I mean, his name's Bandit. <laughs> um, the, ev everything about him is cliche. Oh, absolutely, hands down. Um, but yeah, so obviously there's there's that. But outside of that, um, Philip and I have discussed that you know as we as we progress in the game, there will be uh, improvements. Anything in particular you're looking forward to, or anything you might have an idea on? 
Like, how would, how would you um, want to see him grow? What would be the coolest part for you, you know? Like, do you want a fucking flaming raccoon? Do you want a raccoon that knows how to absolutely. pull Absolutely. Who doesn't want a flaming raccoon? Yeah, you want a flaming <laughs> raccoon? Cool. You want a raccoon with a gun? What about a flaming raccoon with a gun? <laughs> Anyways, no. Um, honestly, though, now that you say that... <laughs> now that you say that, yes. <laughs> But no, no, but but for real. Now that you say that, I could absolutely see him going like full on gangster mode. Maybe becoming like a gunslinger, and like straight up having like a small pistol. No bullshit. Well, I like, think that'd be hilarious. The little like one shot sleeve pistols back from like yeah. World War Two. Then it just pops it out of the sling, and he's just like. I caught you red-handed, you dirty son of a bitch. And then he shoots him and he's like, keep the change, you filthy animal. And he doesn't even know where he got the reference from. Like, what, what was that? That's great, where yeah. Did, where did I hear that? <laughs> who, who, who said that? <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm the animal. <laughs> I am a confused. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Okay, okay. Let's see. Got any good questions in the chat so far? Ooh! Uh, so, one of them is how many has Dethira killed? So, I'm assuming it's relevant to like how many people or uh, wolves or how many stuff. like beings? How, probably. How many beings have you encountered? How many have you taken down? What's your kill count, lady? Hmm. I wouldn't say it's particularly high. Um. However, she also has like a very high respect and regard for the cycle of life, mm -hmm. being the circle of the seasons druid, as well as being as a, an Eladrin. So, I mean, she's definitely not the kind of person to think like, oh, I can't kill this because it's, you know, it's a, a creature with its own mind. And like, if it's, if it's its time, it's its time. Um, but I, I don't necessarily know I don't necessarily know that there's like a an actual number. Like she, that's not something she keeps track of. Just because it's part of the cycle. <coughs> Ace <laughs> with his fucking kill count <laughs> bracket on his coat. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Next one is if Dethira had a classic three wishes, what would she wish for? Oh. Oh boy. Um that's, that's always a hard question. <laughs> uh, that is. Uh, that's tough. Uh, Quick cue the Jeopardy music. Probably. I don't know. I don't know. You know what? Like, that. that's like. That's okay. gonna take a lot more thought yeah. than I have. <laughs> you think? You think on that one for a little bit. We'll come back to it. So, okay. <laughs> what would it take for you, uh, for Dathira to di to ditch Bandit? Like, what what would basically Absolutely. be what would be the final straw? You know what I mean? She's too patient for that. <laughs> so you you and Bandit ride your dice for life. Yep. Amazing. Let's see. Would you ever play an evil druid? So, here's the thing about druids. 
I mean, I have an evil druid, a circle of wildfire druid, who you know personally. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, but here's the thing about druids, okay? Hear me out. Um, druids, realistically, can't be evil. They can't. And here's why. Um, I'm sure everybody's familiar with uh, Poison Ivy. Hmm. Yeah. Anyone has ever actually looked at her motives behind the things that she does? They're all well-intentioned. It's just perceived. She just perceived horror. Does them in a less than kind way. <laughs> just because my response is immediate and just, it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> actually hopping into that a little bit more do you think if something ever was going to compromise the balance of life and death and it required the extermination of like an entire town like let's say like a vampire or like a zombie outbreak or some shit like that do you think that would do you think Tithira would be okay with leveling an entire town and slaughtering dozens and dozens of people so when it when it comes to the undead that's probably one of her, like, pet isn't the right word, but that's probably one of her most um, sought-after enemies because they are outside of the cycle. And to her, they are an abomination of the world. Mm -hmm. So if it was a, a village full of zombies or a village full of, of vampires or what, what have you, um, or even, even aberrations to a degree, um, yeah, no, she had, she'd have no problem. However, if it was like, I don't know, uh, a colony of, of invasive fucking small animals, I don't know, she more than likely wouldn't, wouldn't bother with it. That, that's definitely one of those things where she's of the belief, if it's meant to be this way, then it's meant to be this way. Like, this is, this is nature running its course. Yeah, so if it's, if it's a natural reason for the extermination of this one portion of the world, then, you know, just let it run its course. But if it happens to be uh, something man-made or something, like you said, outside that balance of life and death, kind of going beyond oneself, like being an undead creature, that is when she's kind of like, yeah, fuck it, genocide. <laughs> Maybe a little bit. Then that, that speaks back to the whole, you know, druids technically aren't evil. <laughs> uh, Heben Jammin said, I imagine an evil druid as being one who seeks to dominate nature instead of harmonizing with it. So maybe like beyond the goals of what they do, like that isn't, um, maybe the goals they do and the intentions behind it is a lot more evil than uh, what a normal druid would typically perceive or portray. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I can, yeah, I can no, definitely see I, uh, that. Somebody trying to abuse the power of life and death. Yeah, definitely exploiting it to their own needs, vice, you know, um, protecting it for what it already is. Yeah, I could totally see that. Ooh, another person said, L-O-G Nasty said, but what if Bandit was a barbarian? A little war axe, anybody? <laughs> last bit of regarding uh, well, the last bit regarding your character uh, because we covered the 
appearance. We've covered the whole aesthetic of her. We've covered the mechanics behind her, uh, future intentions for what you want to dive into regarding um, the actual build. Let's touch base right. on your backstory now. So who, who is Dithira? Why is she where she's at? And, you know, well, maybe even touch a little bit on who your family was. You were talking about your clan. Like, <coughs> let's get them juicy details out of you. <laughs> so, um, Dithira was born and raised in the Feywilds, and she comes from a, a druid clan of uh, Eladrin, who, while they, they live in, in harmony with the Feywilds, they also are very accepting insofar as if something outside of their community will benefit them as a whole, um, they'll gladly adopt that and make that a part of their culture. Um, and so part of that is when a young Eladrin becomes of, comes of age, which is around around 120 years old, um, they'll set out into the material plane or, or the astral plane. They, they'll, they'll basically they'll leave the Feywild to see if there's something that they can bring back in order to better their collective. Um, and so the Thera is actually staying um, at Rose's, because Rose is a very close friend of Dithira's parents, and they were a little concerned that she wouldn't do so hot on her own. So uh, they they worked out a deal where Dithira would not only be available to Rose as an assistant in her flower shop and her. Uh, not herbology, that's not the right word, apothecary, <laughs> um, but also be uh, available in order to do her, you know, her, not journey. Um, do her civic duties for the clan. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But yeah, um, she's a single child. She does not have any siblings. Um, Although any of the children that are born around the same time as another young Eladrin, you know, they, they are considered family to a degree. It's, it's kind of like this, a weird communal family deal. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, she was kind of sheltered as a kid, which is odd. Especially for a community that's so open and welcoming of, of external uh, influences. But uh, and that's, that's why her parents were a little concerned. <laughs> she was very much in her own head for a very long time. I can definitely understand that. I mean, one growing up in the Feywilds with as whimsical and witty and all the different contracts, soul bonds, like, and there's a lot, a lot of tomfoolery that happens there and a lot of trials and tribulations that either throw you through the positive side of the Feywilds or through a very dark and negative side. It won't typically right. lead to death, but it will potentially lead to shame of a clan, destruction of one's honor, like being reduced to that of a slave. So I... I definitely understand where their concern was. And then I mean, going to the material plane, that's just, it gets even more dark and gruesome once you see the real world, kid. <laughs> For sure. Rose, I think, was probably the best influence on you. <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And honestly, I mean, you almost gotta think like, 
like how how Ariel and the Little Mermaid like finds a fork and like finds uh, like the what is it a, a pipe and she straight up tried to brush her hair with a nail fork. Okay. <laughs> so you're comparing yourself to Ariel the Little Mermaid. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> Wait, no, that makes sense because what's that? What's the fish? Oh god, her, her, her like best. Yeah, that's fucking bandit. <laughs> so fun fact: when I was a little kid, I had a little goldfish, and his name was Flounder. Flounder. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's see. Let's answer some of the questions off Instagram. I want to save the juicy ones for the end. <laughs> okay. okay. First things first. Oh, man. Who do you want more scenes with? Who do you feel you'll have the most scenes with? Hmm. I mean, I don't think there's any one particular character that I... I don't want to see Dithgira interact with. I'm a little worried about Ace, just a little bit. <laughs> what, do you mean by, what do you mean by worry? I don't know how that's gonna go. <laughs> um, but uh, I would love to see uh, her and Nan get close, um, especially since it seems like Nin has a lot more worldly experience than Dithgira does. Okay. Um, and then also, kind of on a maturity level, I think she really vibes with Samson. And I would honestly, I would love to see more of them together. Okay. Nice. Now, beyond who you want to have scenes with, who do you feel you're going to have the most with? So, like, beyond, like, what you want, who do you think you're going to end up having the most encounters or, like, exchanges with? It's gonna be Glee. <laughs> just because, just because Riptide and Bandit are gonna constantly be going at it with each other, so it's more than likely to be Glee. I feel that. Okay, here's another one. Um, how old is Bandit? How old is Bandit? Oh dear. I think he's only like. Three, yeah, because three or four, maybe. He was about a year old during during the whole introduction when you saved him. Was it a year old? He was like he okay, was like so yeah, old. like a year and a half oldish, give or take. Okay. Uh, the question regarding Banda being awoken, uh, that was answered because the whole druid transferring the energy over. Oh, this one's cool. How long have you been playing D and D for? Your role playing skills are incredible. Thanks. <laughs> um, so, I've been playing D&D for kind of a long time. <laughs> um, I would say six years, seven years, give or take. Um, but it was off and on because I never had any, like, solid friend groups that would be dedicated enough to, in, in your few hours of off time, Hey, let's hop on this Discord server and play D and D for as long as we possibly can before we pass out. Get <laughs> charged. <laughs> so, anywho, but I, I also I have a lot of experience in theater, um, 
I, I basically grew up doing musical theater, and uh, I, I've since the age of five, I've been in over forty productions uh, in local theater. What? Yeah. <laughs> Even, yeah. Even I didn't know that. <laughs> More you know. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> no, yeah. And so um, I've, I've actually been classically trained to sing. Um, and I've been in more than a handful of musicals. Does that mean you get to uh, hear Dathira try to like serenade Bandit to sleep one day? Maybe. We'll see. Ooh! We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to get those uh, follows up. Just saying, some more subscriptions. <laughs> Trying to plug yourself, just like yeah. You, know, you want me to sing? Share our shit. <laughs> <laughs> Share our shit, bro. <laughs> okay. Now this is one personally that I always love asking. Um, what do you see between yourself and Athera? Like, obviously most people always put a little bit of themselves, their personal life. They always try to make the character a little bit close to home. So that way not only they can run and express that character better, but ultimately, I mean, it makes that connection feel a bit more um, immersive, a bit more intimate at that point. So mm -hmm. what would you say, what would you say is the closest relation between you and Athera? Besides, well, your, besides your hair, of course, because I know you have acorns. Yeah, this <laughs> you're hiding them from me. That that's true. Um, so I would probably say for Dithira, what's what's most parallel about the two of us is um, I'm a pagan, and so I also my whole life revolves around the seasons and the harvest and all that other kind of stuff and so it's that's an easy part of her to portray <laughs> i feel that i mean yeah <laughs> yeah right i mean I'm, like <laughs> I'm, all, I'm only blasted on one arm but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so um her and her interactions with nature are if not a previous experience i've had a very heartfelt and genuine uh, expression of herself. Okay. Nice. Another question was, do you have any characters or songs you draw a character from for Dathira? So, beyond yourself, is there any inspiration outside of the internets, in the film industry, in just fucking music? Uh, what, what made you think of Dathira? Um... Philip said, "Make make a character," so I did. <laughs> no, no. Um, so a, I, I had. Been, what else do you need? <laughs> I mean, really, honestly. Um, no, that that's another tough question. Um, I mean, like like I said before, you know, I really pulled a lot from my own my personal experiences myself, um, but also. Uh, to a degree, like her her culture and her her family dynamic, um, I pulled as much as I could from like how the Amish uh, operate. Uh, granted, I know it's not you know film industry or whatnot, but I'm also a super nerd and watch a lot of documentaries. 
And I think I was on an Amish kick at the time. Alternate dimension uh, Amish folk. Pretty much. Pagan Amish, how about that? Pomish. Um, Pomeranian. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, there's that. And then obviously, you know, like I literally just mentioned Ariel, where she's very naive, doesn't necessarily know, like, how she operates in the world and, and how the world operates around her, yeah. um, especially outside of her element. See, there's this fun thing, Philip, called note-taking. I don't do that. Improv, baby. <laughs> yeah, because they do it for you. <laughs> she, she is literally the stenog a stenographer of every single uh, campaign. Every single one. <laughs> Let's see. So, do-do-do. Another question was, uh, what would be the ideal mount for Dathira? Well, she thought it was going to be a moose, but obviously <laughs> that didn't work out. <laughs> um, I don't know, but I, I'm definitely into the whole, like, large corvid, not corvid, what the fuck, uh, <laughs> fucking deer, whatever the Latin term for that is that I can't bring right now. Deer boys. Um, Big deer boys. Like, definitely, I could see her riding, like, a white stag or, like, a fucking elk or some shit, you know? There you go, there you go. Not too shabby. Not too bad, huh? <laughs> Not too bad, <laughs> hey, hey, it's good, yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. Here, let me see. Because I did write a few more down. Bum, bum, bum. Gotta go to my notes. Aha! That's a good one. Dathira, a, a good question would be, what was life like before Bandit? What did you do when you were alone? Like, you had Rose, obviously, but what was it like before? Like, when you were living in the Feywilds, that transition to the material plane, living at Rose's shop, and not having that little best buddy at your side? What was that like? What did you do with your free time? Um, she was definitely a lot clumsier, um, maybe not necessarily as outgoing, uh, Bandit gets her into a lot of, like, very awkward social situations, so it kind of taught her how to quickly diffuse, uh, conflict, in a way, mm -hmm. uh, I'm trying to think, like, uh, but, but like I said, her, her life was very quiet very uh reserved she didn't really like go out of her way unless rose asked her to um and i don't mean that in the sense that she wasn't a hard worker it's more so like she wouldn't be like oh you don't have to go to you know the the harbor like i'll go for you it would more so be rose asking her to do that advice her volunteering yeah sounds like a pretty boring life without me <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, is Dathira a cat or dog person? So basically, blink dogs or displacer beasts? Or Kmelos dogs. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> um, oh boy, I think, I think she's a cat person. <sighs> Traitor. I don't know what to tell you. Those displacer beasts are pretty badass. My husky hasn't even met you and he's never gonna forgive you now. I love your dog. Shut up. <laughs> what is Dathira's favorite season or form? Okay. Um, she definitely favors autumn for sure. Uh, it, it's like, it's warm and it's comforting and uh, she kind of likes the vibe that that surrounds her in autumn especially especially because when you think of autumn um you think of like thanksgiving and halloween and all these like really food centric holidays and like that's when your family comes together and it's just there's so a cool lot of love nice pretty colors <laughs> yeah. all around exactly like you, you there's i have yet to see an autumn landscape that was not gorgeous, so. That's a mood. What do you think is her least favorite season or form then? I don't, I don't think she likes to show her winter side. Ah, cause she's a cold bitch. Okay. <laughs> um, very much so. Very much so. Very much In so. a literal sense and metaphorical. <laughs> Quite literally, and so that's the, so when when she turns to her winter aspect, she is very much of the mindset how we talked about earlier. You know, the if things aren't within the life cycle, you know, and they're uh, like things are meant to happen the way they they happen. That there's no there's no necessarily necessarily way to change it. Um, She's very much, if you can't support yourself, you're not my fucking problem. Ooh. Ooh. Man. Do you see that? Do you see that possibly, uh, in the future, creating a clash between players? Because, I mean, you did mention that, like, Absolutely. obviously sometimes her emotion comes out and it changes her form for her. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. not non-consensually at that point, but... What about when the season actually takes to winter and for that elongated period, you're much more of that cold-hearted person? Do you think that's gonna make tough times for the future? So, thinking about all the other characters and all the, all the other players that, you know, we play with, uh, I think, I think it's gonna hurt Samson the most. Um, but I think Nin might like it. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just stuck. <laughs> and Nin's just like, ah, fuck that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Get it, girl, go, go. <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. And then would just be hyping up your dickhead antics. <laughs> That's what I'm saying, though. <laughs> I feel like Ace. Um, I would feel like Ace when when he uh, eventually meets up with you guys, or whether it be positive or negative. I feel like he's definitely gonna encourage that bad side of you too. <laughs> he's gonna fucks with that. Let me tell you what. <laughs> he's gonna be like, dude, this is like a mood ring, but I can change the mood. <laughs> 
What? Wow, we're gonna have some fun. Nighttime, daytime, nighttime. <laughs> Just fucking flipping the light switch on you. <laughs> okay, Xander Cage 56 says, What is uh, Tapira's ideal getaway? You know, your little, your little slice of paradise, what would you say it is? Anywhere that has four seasons. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, it's so, very important for each of the seasons to be, like, distinct. So would it be like, or would you say more like a very, like, tropical beach-type setting? Would it be more like a forest with mountains? Like, what? It would definitely be like, like, think of what you would imagine as like the black forest in germany like that's it right there a prime <laughs> a prime candy you know good soup <laughs> okay that's cool anything in particular that you'd want there like would you want like your own little like winter lodge or things like would you would you just want to be in the in the frill of nature like just fucking going about the environment just on your own like uh, what would make it this ideal getaway you know like would you spruce up the place would you just take it day by day and never stay in the same spot like this is your paradise so I you know feel like i feel like she this is gonna sound kind of weird she would almost let herself go where instead of like maintaining what beings in the material plane consider normal um she would probably be a lot more apt to quote-unquote like blending into her surroundings you know becoming more of one with nature vice living alongside it um and so i wouldn't say she needs anything else there other than herself and, and, and nature wow <laughs> i like it that, that's pretty good real wholesome she definitely she definitely wants to become the thing that the village people fear in the woods <laughs> <laughs> She's taking our crops! She shows up every <laughs> night at midnight! That crazy bitch! Oh man, who. Oh. If Dathira were killed, would she want to be revived? Ooh, do you got a DNR bracelet, Dathira? <laughs> do not resuscitate. I don't think so. I don't think she would want to be revived. Xander but... Cage called you the Baba Yaga because your whole life in the woods shit. That. <laughs> 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 but uh, yeah. So I don't. I don't think she would want to be revived because that would make her inherently outside of the cycle of nature. Ooh. But there's also like the flip side of it where. She feels that she is a warden of that cycle, and so she and her clan may be, in a way, like it's a loophole for them, in a way. Um, I see, I see, so undead can't live their lives, but you're allowed to come back as many times as you want. As long as I'm not undead. I'm gonna send so many vampires at you now. Philip, please. <laughs> who, do you, who do you think will be your best friend, and who do you think you will get along with least? Ooh. 
Well, the theory's already not really much of a fan of Clara. No! <laughs> no! Wait, is that is that because the whole maternal, like, mo I'm the mom of the group? Or is mm -hmm. it Really? <laughs> no shit! <laughs> um, and so, like, it's kind of like this weird dynamic, and I think we talked about this, too. Um, Clara's very much, like, the strict, this is how you do it, you don't deviate kind of parent, and Dathira's like, eh, rub some dirt in it, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so this group has a dysfunctional lesbian mom group. I want, I love it. <laughs> That's so fucking funny. Um... Now, who do you think you're gonna get along with the best, though? Who do you think's gonna be your best best friend? Yeah, exactly. Competing stepmoms. <laughs> I don't know. Um, that's hard. I don't know yet. You don't know uh, yet. I mean, you, no. you've had a couple funny encounters with Gleek. You've had a couple with Samson, but I guess we'll we'll see. We're only on session yeah. three, so we still got a little bit of ways to travel. For sure. Let's see. Oh, actually, let's jump back, because I think you've had plenty of time to think now. Your three wishes. Oh, shit. Come on, Shapira. <laughs> all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. So, um, number one. Boogie so her first things. wish... Her first wish would be to see the ocean. That's not something she's ever seen before. Why well, are you talking about like off the coast? Because if you're talking off the coast, you've definitely seen it when you're crossing down south. No, no, no. I I'm mean like, like straight go. up like ship on the ocean kind of shit. Oh, you actually want to go sailing. Okay. Yeah. Um... I don't like this question because it's giving you information <laughs> I, hey this is information for the viewers not for me but it's definitely for me and not the viewers if there's anything that i've learned with playing you playing with you as a dm is no one is safe nothing is safe you are not safe <laughs> yeah not even i'm safe the players i play get killed the most <laughs> yep accurate um okay uh Wish number two. Um. <laughs> he been jamming. It's just like money, fame, <laughs> <laughs> bitches. I don't know. Like it's so. The Thera is so simple. Like she, she enjoys the simple pleasures in life, and there's not much she wish for that she doesn't already have. There's not a single thing. Even if it, even if it's a selfish thing, like does she have a knack for sweets? Like would she want like infinite pastries? Like something like you know what I mean? Like in, invoke into the childish side. <laughs> so, as evidenced in the last session, the Thera is a vegan Lame. and uh, or vegetarian, I guess, because she'll still eat pastries, and those tend to have eggs in them. Um, you vegetarian, but, get on my Q and A. 
<laughs> For all of you vegans and vegetarians out there, I am not, and I am so sorry. I am just going off of what I've heard. <laughs> Prepare for your careers to be destroyed. Um, so I would probably say her second wish would be for like a never-ending bag of like sweet pastries like the one that bandit brought her um Hell yeah. and third i don't know she'd probably just give her third wish away to bandit oh man that, i guess that's a question for me then what would bandit womp, wish for <laughs> oh man what would be you know what look if i had one wish one wish it would be the bravest adventurer in the land, but also... You already have that. Da, 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 da. But I'm talking, people would never forget me. I'm talking, I want my name up on the billboards. I want to be bigger than Rathor. I want to be bigger than the three heroes. I want to be it. I'm, I'm the bandit, which doesn't sound like a good thing, but it's a good thing. Trust me. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'll remember that the next time you run away from a mimic in a windmill. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. That one's pretty good. But which ship are, uh, which ship you sailing, bro? <laughs> Who do you ship? Ooh. It's session three, ooh. so not much is there, but who are you vibing with? Who do you see potential between? Um... I could see Samson and Athira together. <gasps> you heard it live. You heard it confirmed. <laughs> <laughs> Dathira is a cougar. <laughs> Yo! That's so funny. They're literally the same age. The uh, same age in the concept, but based off actual years, you're like six times older than Samson. <laughs> six? Try like 30 times older. I think you said, oh, oh yeah, no, you will mature around 120. He's like, she's yeah. like 120-ish. Yeah, big oof. Let's see. In a cradle robber, what can I say? I just know. <laughs> I've been watching you from the Feywilds. You're, you're gonna build. You're gonna build up real nicely. <laughs> so fucked. Waffle or curly fries? I mean, I, I'm more, I'm, a, I'm a curly fry guy myself. Waffle fries. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm right there with you. That's what you get on the boardwalk. The boardwalk's lit, so. Waffle fries are just, I feel like they're never as crisp, too. They're always kind of squishy in the center, and I'm not a big, I'm not vibing with that. I want them, them crispy, crunchy fries. <laughs> okay. Need something new to listen to? Try checking out Foreign Lifeform, for they have just come into orbit with some new sick tunes and merch. 
Foreign Lifeform is a space punk band here to promote DIY culture along with a quest for innovative music in a stagnant scene. They aim to achieve victory in their mission by choosing to lead by example amongst their human peers in ways such as producing their merch, shopping locally, and striving to make fresh music using famous techniques from a multitude of genres. Follow their page on Instagram to hear more about their message to bring back manufacturing to America and check out when their next show in San Diego is. Stop following blindly. Expand your mind. Check out Foreign Life Form today. Hey, Dungeon Master Philip again. Just wanted to say that you should check out at Slime Punks, spelling is S-L-I-M-E-P-U-N-X, on Instagram. If you're looking to explore graphic illustrations, artistic ventures, and user interface projects done by V. Savnan Bukanan herself. She also has an online store called Sick Boy Threads if you're looking for a new beanie, sweater, or t-shirt to rock. My personal favorite is the Death Moth hoodie. You'll definitely know it when you see it. You can find all of this at sickboythreads.bigcartel.com. Use promo code Dungeon Daddy. <laughs> Just kidding. You think I got a fucking promo code already? But seriously, check it out though. You'll be happy you did. Ready to roll some dice with some kick-ass tunes in the back? Well, I reckon you should check out Running and Screaming then. Local to Ocean Beach and tons of shows under their belts, this ska punk group brings the vibes and the beer. I highly recommend checking them out on their social media. They have merch available, live shows coming up as well. Heard through the grapevine that they might also play D&D as well, so even more reason to give them a listen. This one is one of my personal favorites called Alcoholics Unanonymous. Let us know what you think. Now, back to the podcast. Everything is set, and we are back, baby! Yup! Yeah. 
Alright everybody, what is up? We are back with a Q&A for our main girl Dathira, the druid, with the little bandito bandit raccoon. And it is time for them spooky conspiracy theories. What might happen in the future, not only from her perspective as Morgan, but also from Dathira's perspective. So, first things first, the biggest question right now is, what the fuck is this disease? So first, let's go on with Dathira's idea, and then let's go on with a little bit of yours. Um, I don't remember, I think it was session two. Dathira kind of talked with Rose about, you know, what she saw at the tavern, and if Rose had ever seen anything like that before, which the answer was no. <laughs> Um, so that kind of clues the theory in into, you know, this isn't a naturally occurring uh, illness. And she, she almost feels compelled to get to the bottom of it in order to stop it because it's disrupting the chain. Okay. Does she have any theories on where it might be coming from or what it exactly is? No. Okay. She, she doesn't have enough uh worldly experience to make that deduction yet now what about you yourself personally what do you think's going on oh i i think i have a very good idea of what's going on but i i don't <laughs> i've 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 played other campaigns of yours philip <laughs> i don't want to ruin it <laughs> that's fair okay now, the next bit would be the War of the Giants. Obviously, uh, King Tyrion has mentioned it before. Not only that, but um, he's mentioned that there's going to be a war council. You, you weren't exactly there, but he wants to send a massive brigade, like his own little private army, down south to at least set up camp, formulate a uh, little uh, point base right in front of uh, Frigga's Peak, kind of as their front line of defense to protect the monastery. What what do you think, if Tathira were there in that scenario, uh, would she have any kind of insightful um, ideas, tactics, like what, what would be her opinion on this? Because they're talking about potentially like a full-scale genocide of giants because they're invading the lands. If I'm totally honest, Thera's more likely to side with the giants. No way. Okay. Yeah. What's the reason for that? Let's touch base on that. Um. So again, it, it goes back to, you know, the cycle of life. And giants, just because of their size, does not mean that they don't belong in the world. Um, whereas with Smaller humanoids who build these massive castles and cities are less than natural. True. Okay. This is also one of those situations where I think the uh, the kind of like eco-terrorist druid might come out. Okay. Now, just out of curiosity, do you think the Giants have a reason for being here? Or do you think it might just be that of an invasion? I don't know. I don't have, I don't have enough information yet to make, a, 
to take a guess on that one. <laughs> okay. You know me. I need I need more information before I before I formulate. <laughs> I feel that it's one of those scenarios where it's like I don't want to judge them just based off blind perception, and let alone like what propaganda is po pumping around the city and such. Because obviously right. they, they can portray it any way they want, and if the people consume that media, it's entirely up to them. Exactly. Okay. Now next. Hopping in over towards session two type range regarding mm -hmm. uh, this is obviously going a little bit more in perception of like what you witnessed because obviously Dathira wasn't there, but regarding Ace and Charlemagne, what's your thoughts there? Because they got they got a unique um, relationship going on and Charlemagne's being real nice. You want my real answer? Yeah, I mean, that's what we're here for. Give it to us. When's the wedding? <laughs> <laughs> now, now, when you say wedding, are we talking like Game of Thrones red wedding? Or are we talking like legitimate like flower bouquets, like a beautiful relationship in the future? Absolutely. <laughs> okay, so the ship she's sailing is Ace and Charlemagne. That is, okay. Don't worry, I'll come up with a ship name for that. Just you wait. No. Mace. No. <laughs> Alright, everyone. Dathira suddenly died. She will not be playing in the campaign anymore. Okay. Rude. <laughs> Destroyed. Okay. Now, let's go a little bit more into the Now, that in hole. order for that to happen, Ace would have to make a shot. Ooh. <laughs> Speaking of shots, that was definitely a shot fired, man. <laughs> you can't do our boy like that. Yeah, take 1d12. Good god. <laughs> oh, man. Alright, well, hopping back into session 2 stuff, though. Relevant to, again, Ace and Charlemagne. What do you think about his new associates? Talking about Bazus, uh, Merrick, and Oren. Um, personally, they're a little concerning. Yeah. A little, you know, everybody has their flaws, I guess. <laughs> some more so than others. Some more so than others. Um, it'll be it'll be very interesting seeing those two worlds collide. The, you know, the regular party that's, you know, on their way out to um, the, the flower gathering and people finding and the political espionage coming together. It's going to be pretty heavy stuff. Do you think Tathira is ready for that type of, like, political standing? Like, do you think she's ready to uh, try to deliberate peace between that of an organization funded by a politician? Let alone, like, uh, her, honestly, her own personal beliefs. Honestly, I think what it's going to come down to is it's going to come down to her uh, her experiences leading up to that event, if that's a, a position that she's put into. Um, because, like I said, she she's more than likely at this point going to be siding with, you know, naturally occurring giants, vice, sprawling cities. 
but at the same time, there's obviously things that can change her mind or change her perspective that, you know, can happen along the way. Um, so that's, that's another kind of difficult one to answer. Okay. Okay. Let me think. <laughs> so your goddess, the goddess of duality. Yes. Magana. Magana. Do you think Magana plays a part in any of this? I think she plays a massive part in this, and I just don't know it yet. Do you think it's going to be a more positive influence, or do you think it's going to be more on the heavier, dark side of things? I don't know. She, she... I would honestly, I would love to see, um, I would love to see a druid get dragged to the dark side, if I'm totally honest. <laughs> do it. Execute Order 66. <laughs> okay. Nice. Do you think Dathira would be susceptible to that? Maybe not if, like, people tried to influence her, but what if Magana at that point told her this is just and this is right? Do you think she would follow blindly, or would she, uh, would she second-guess it? I mean, this is her goddess. So I think, I think she would, I think she would initially be like, oh, shit, yeah, like, you know, obviously this is what my goddess wants, but then she also has enough sense to see the world around her and and take that into account for how that affects not only her but the people that she cares about and so there may come a time depending on what exactly happens where while she's executing executing that's a great word <laughs> While she's carrying out the wishes of her very own goddess, she might begin to question herself, and uh, that that might be her own split in duality. Ooh, juicy, juicy. Now, <laughs> on par with all of that, do you think Bandit will willingly go with you? Because, I mean, he's obviously not exactly as zealous or uh, a chivalrous person as we've seen so far in sessions one through three. He's been prone to helping himself, uh, starting trouble, and on top of that, uh, even saving himself. Like, obviously he wishes mm -hmm. he could do more, but there's a lot of things he can't do because he's just that of a raccoon. So, do you think uh, if she starts turning down that darker route, starts going down more a sinister tone because it's for the greatness of all living things, you know, in quotes, would Bandit see eye to eye with her? Or do you think that might one day be the breaking point for you two? That's a very real possibility. Absolutely. Um, but then again, it also all depends on the events leading up to that that crossroads. I got you. Nothing but hypotheticals right now. Absolutely. And I mean, granted, you know, Bandit may be the way that he is now, or, you know, but either of them, either Bandit or Dathira can change like that. True that. All it takes is either uh, traumatizing enough or a, I guess at that point, like a wisdom-filled scenario. Like, you're either going to grow in a positive way or a negative way. And it really varies person to person. And I'm really excited to see that dynamic later on. Because Bandit, as much as he fucks around, he, he's shown that he cares. Like, that stew, the oh, pastry sure. and stuff. Like, he does the best he can. 
and he might be a little shit, but he's my little shit. I just can't wait to see because um, one day, I mean, what happens if there is that one day where uh, Dathira is quite literally on two ends of a rope? One person's pulling your one way, and the bandit's the only one pulling on the other chain. You know, like it's okay. it's gonna be tough. Like your lifelong uh, companion or the truth of another. It's gonna be it's gonna be some heavy stuff, and I'm very very excited. Now, hmm. Do you have any theories, uh, hypotheticals, anything in particular that's been scratching your brain that either you have as a question for me or just in general like you want to share with the audience? Well, what is something prevalent to the campaign that's happened so far that you've been thinking on? Give the people your thoughts. Um, for Jathira or just the overall, all of it, everybody, all the things? As whatever you'd like to cover. If you want to do first, just Dathira, and then after, do all things. Like, quite literally. Uh... Um... I'm very interested, if I'm totally honest. I, me, Morgan, this person, is yeah. very interested to see where Nin's story goes. Um... um... And not just, not just that, but how... Dathira and the others will play into that and how we'll either help or hinder. I feel that. Because, I mean, honestly, at that point, uh, <laughs> with Nin's story, which we're definitely going to be getting to later on in the, uh, the next interview, um, when it comes down to uh, her whole game plan, like she might have to do some things that she might not be looking forward to or maybe she's more than willing and excited to do. So, right. but the party might not view that as exactly the same because they didn't live the same things. They didn't experience the same tragedies she did. So, it's for sure. it's gonna be crazy. Who so relevant to uh, uh, Nin's story? Then, who do you think is going to have trouble siding with Nin, and who do you think's gonna willingly go with? Like, if it really came down to it, if she's like, "Hey, I gotta do this thing," and it's not exactly a good thing. Who do you think's going, and who do you think's staying? Too soon to tell. <laughs> Too soon to tell? Not even just by a Too judge of character? You, you I definitely think, obviously, if Ace ever joins up with the rest of the group, Ace is going to be down for anything that's nefarious. I mean, so long um, as it has gold. Yeah. Uh, whereas... I don't know, that might that might cause like a big rift between her and Gleek. Ooh, yeah, a little noble Gleek. So you're scared of potentially a little clash between emotions and between personal deeds. You think that it might cause a little uh, foundation breaking, like shattering? I could almost see like Nin and Gleek going at it and Samson trying to step in between to be like, guys, chill. <laughs> Where do you think Tathira would be in that scenario? I don't know. Like we, I said, uh, we won't know until we get there. Yeah, there, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of factors that uh, can potentially change that answer. Okay. Back into future speculations. 
what would you, what is one thing you would look forward to the most to see happen in the campaign? And what is the one thing you fear the most to happen in the campaign? Um... Hmm. I I guess I would look forward to the most. I don't know. I really like your storytelling, though. So. <laughs> I'll stop it, you silly goose. I'm not. Well, I mean, no, no, and I, I mean that genuinely because there's always something that comes out of left field, and even I, as the wondrous note taker, don't expect. <laughs> I mean, you, you we know. actually we had this conversation earlier. Where, uh, <laughs> because I'm the note taker, I have about half the session's worth of, of uh, precognition. After that, it's a fucking rap shoot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my campaigns are definitely not uh, regular railroad type stories. You know, it's it's not always going to be the stoic hero versus the like benevolent villain. You know, like, and by no means mm -hmm. is it going to be any kind of normal structure because I mean. You have conflicts from all sides of the country constantly happening. You have constant struggles within oneself, but also mm -hmm. beyond that, like things that threaten the entire existence of reality. Like it, it's a constant, uh, it's a cycle that I use often in my campaigns because uh, a lot of these problems coexist or, or parallel at the same time. So at that point, you have to decide what's more important. And I love seeing how, what you guys do. Like, for example, with um, our playtest, Hydrus. Like, that's hands down been one of my favorite campaigns we've played in a while. And sincerely, it's because how in-depth you guys get. And the way you portray yourselves, the way you react to the world around you, it's no different than living your life walking around. But instead, we're rolling dice. And it's, it's juicy stuff. Um, I still don't forgive you. <laughs> we'll talk about that on another retro after hours how I traumatize the party in a playtest okay now what is something you don't look forward to what is something you fear to happen in the campaign I am I'm afraid of what's coming in what sense and that's all I can really say about that <laughs> You... I have a general idea. In what direction do you fear it? Do you fear the disease? Do you fear the drug addiction? Do you fear the politics? Like, the war? Like, or I is it just a mix of it all? I very much fear the disease. The disease is probably the scariest thing. Yeah. Okay, okay. Let's see. I think... You know, kingdoms, kingdoms rise and fall every other day. You know, drugs come and go, but this disease is once in a lifetime. I feel you. I mean, I, why would I not? <laughs> <laughs> why would I not? <laughs> I mean, kind of know the whole story. <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler alert! No, just... Bet. Oh, man. Okay. I think the last question that I personally have for you is going to be relevant to you and Bandit once again. Now, at the end of your journey, at the end of your road, what is the perfect 
play out, play through. Like, what's the perfect iconic moment? The end of the campaign. You're sitting down. Like, what? What are you and Bandit doing with that time? Like, what? What's it look like at the end of your road? When do you call it quits? You know? Well, when is Dathira content and ready to live the rest of her life? Um. I would say once she has felt like, no, that's a lie. I don't think she'd ever settle down. <laughs> I think, I think what's gonna happen is she's gonna find so much love for the material plane that she'll just become a nomadic traveler and she'll walk the plane until the end of her days. So, a never-ending wandering traveler, a nomad of the plains and the realms at that point. Is, sure. there, is there anything you're seeking at that point? You're looking for knowledge? You're looking for that love like you're talking about? Uh, wisdom? Like, well, what, what is the whole purpose? Maybe even fame and glory, money. Like, what, what is what drives Tethera to keep that nomadic lifestyle? The ever-changing beauty of nature. Good stuff. All right, well, we are going to look back at the chat. So again, chat, feel free to dump in whatever questions you got because we are going to be wrapping it up here shortly. Um, <laughs> of course, I don't think there's been a single interview where this question has not been asked. What is Dathira's cannon dong size? That's for me to know if you'd find out. Sheesh, roll a d12. No, <laughs> <laughs> Listen, the last time that happened, I got a 13, so... But how? It was a 12. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's see. What is bandits? No. <laughs> Gross. No. Gross. We're not, we're not talking about band uh, like raccoon cock. Raccoon cock. Now, oh, if bandit became human, would you ship them? No. No? What is he, just like your annoying little brother at that point? Exactly. That's exactly my first thought was like, oh god, I would never my kiss my brother. Gross. <laughs> oh no, step raccoon. <laughs> oh no! Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> would Dathira be the type to execute prisoners of war? <laughs> war crimes, war crimes, war crimes. Depends on the war. Depends on the war? Okay. Now, let me expand on that a little bit further. We'll do two hypotheticals here. Let's say that okay. one, of, one of them is a very zealous and, uh, you know, good proven point in the war effort. Like, let's say, like, uh, it's just two mutual sides that can't get along, and one has a higher purpose that you're sided with. Would you execute those victims and, uh, you know, fucking capture, captured individuals? Ah, uh, okay. Let's see. This this army here fights for nature. This army here fights to keep doing things the way they've always done. They clash. You're obviously on the nature side of things. So would you be willing to cut down people of the modern day and era for the sake of preserving nature? And these these by oh, no yeah. means these by no means are people like fighting you hand to hand like they they've already been captured. Oh, no. These are just prisoners. 
without a doubt. If they didn't change their ways, they have no they have no purpose here. Oh, <laughs> brutal. The cold side coming out. I see you, winter. Now, <laughs> now, what about if it was a war that was based off influence? So let's say the same perspective, where one, side's, one side is fighting for nature, one side's fighting to keep things normal. But let's say the side that's trying to fight things to keep it all normal in their perception, you know? What if, um, what if they're all being controlled? Whether it be by magic, whether it be by um, fucking buying their loyalty. Like, what if they had no means of controlling it and they were forced like their hand was forced like they themselves at this point are victims fighting for a country they don't believe in um i definitely feel like the thera has the not wherewithal but the the, the foreknowledge to get as much information as she can before she makes a big decision like that. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Ooh. Oh, talking about your biggest fear. Uh, he then jamming, hopped in, and he was like, probably having to fight Samson, uh, <laughs> you know, physically. Uh, would, would Dathira be scared of that? Not even once. Not even once? She'd just square up, fuck that man up? Absolutely. I feel like he'd be caught off guard and probably get bitch slapped at first, and then he'd probably be like, is this okay? <laughs> and then y'all would square <laughs> up and absolutely annihilate each other. I guess it all depends at that point if weapons are allowed, though. Because, I mean, if we're talking his, <laughs> his giant fucking rebar sword versus your moose antler, I'm sorry, Dathira. <laughs> I gotta go with the boy, Samson. Buddy, man, holy man is shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, who can she take in a fight? Who would take her in a fight? Wow, ain't that coincidental? <laughs> who do you think? Well, uh, let's, let's make it interesting though. Let's say beyond uh, the party as well, like the NPCs you've met so far. Who do you think out of everyone that you'd be able to take on in a fight? And who do you think would beat your fucking ass in a fight? Oriel would kick my ass. Oriel? Absolutely. She is a bit of a baddie. <laughs> a baddie, absolutely. <laughs> Sheesh. Um, Sheesh. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> um, I don't want to say it, but I no, no, that's not true. That's not true at all. Now say it. You won't say it. I was, <laughs> I was gonna say Rose, but she's way older than I am. <laughs> <laughs> So you think, um, you think you'd be able to take down Rose at first? <laughs> You're like, yeah, I, no. could, I could kick that old woman's <laughs> ass. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I thought, like, oh, she's old. She'd probably go down real quick. And I was like, ooh, wait, she's old. <laughs> Why, hello there, sweetie. You fucked with the wrong bitch. <laughs> um... Dang, I don't know. Dazira honestly hasn't met a whole lot of NPCs. Yeah. 
Well, I don't know. Let, she can probably let, take Leek in a fight. Let's say even beyond beyond uh, what she's met. Like I'm talking what you've been introduced to throughout the sessions as well. Even like okay. it could it could be Ace's partners. It could be Ace himself. It could be Charlemagne. It could be uh, a fucking the civilian that told Ace what a car was. Like it could be anything. Nah, 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 nah. You know what? You know what? And I forgot about this. There was that gate guard that she flirted with on her way out of the. The, the city. You're talking about Tulse. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Tulse. I fucking remember you, you piece of shit. Uh, yeah, she'd kick his ass. <laughs> you would fuck up Tulse? What has he ever done? <laughs> Man's got a sick grandma and just trying to tell you guys to be safe in the woods. <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. Oh, that's so funny. Dathira, prone to fighting civilians. Let's see. Uh, do to do, do. Log nasty said, <laughs> "If the moose horn ever broke, what would be Dathira's ideal next weapon?" Well, oh. I don't know what a moose horn is. Well, the, an the antler. Antler is. <laughs> <laughs> nah, bro. It's like a rhinoceros horn. Straight up. Um, I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know that she would necessarily replace it. It would have to be something of significance again. So you would need something like another another scenario similar to like what had happened, uh, like the whole moose sacrificing his life. You you wouldn't go, uh, you wouldn't just go to a shop and buy a ra random weapon. Nope. Okay, okay, I see you, I see you. Oh man, <laughs> Father Henny said he knows what he did. Like talking about Tulse. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, Dathira, at this point, we're kind of getting close to that end bit. Is there any last fun facts or anything out of the ordinary that the, that the viewers might not know? Uh, anything you want to share with them? Any last speculations on where the campaign's going, where you want to see it? Just anything, any last spitballing ideas you want to throw out there before we close it up for the night? Well... I, I don't, I don't know. I'm not very good at, uh, I don't know. I just don't want to ruin anything. <laughs> I feel like I have too much foreknowledge. <laughs> that's, that's what you get for playing my campaigns, because a lot of them are interconnected. It's also what I get for being your secretary, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, there isn't a single thing that you can think of. Like, okay, even if you're not spilling the beans on what you may know is true, like, there ain't no little teaser, no little hint, something to just build that tension for people. Ooh. Uh... I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of what, what we've all seen so far. You know, we actually haven't, I don't know if it's actually been mentioned in the campaign yet, but uh, I'm looking forward to learning more about the three heroes. The three heroes. Yes. The chivalrous knight, the, uh, the wizard of many powers, and the huntress hidden in the dark. We're going to be best friends. I'm very, well, I mean, they're dead, so... 
know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, I think. Oh, actually, we had one last question pop in. Uh, if Dathira had wings, what would they look like? Ooh. I don't know. I feel like. Oh, fuck. I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Honestly, classic fairy wings. Classic fairy wings? Yeah. Okay, okay. When you say that, are you talking like the clear, like translucent ones that like flutter mm -hmm. off a bunch like, of Like almost dragonfly like, but, okay. but they don't, like obviously, like lay flat. They lay this way. <laughs> I got you. All right. Well, I think that is a good point to wrap it up. We've pretty much talked about everything regarding Dathira, visually, mechanically, uh, equipment-wise. We've talked about speculations for the campaign regarding her, friends, like, uh, biggest fears, biggest joys. Um, honestly, yeah, I think we're good for the night. Sounds good to me. Alright, my friend. Well, it has been a pleasure interviewing you, and it's been a great time. I thank everybody who had hopped in the chat, thrown out questions, and hung out with us through this whole two-hour experience. As always, you guys are the ones that are making this stuff happen, so we wouldn't be here without you. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your evening, and, you know, happy questing.